Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. What's going on, everybody? Sorry I missed you at the end of last week. Wanted to hold out till the actual draft happened, so there was no point, you know, necessarily to do it on Friday, because by the time you listen, it might be Saturday, and the second and third rounds. And then I thought yesterday was Saturday. Might as well wait till Wednesday or Sunday to record this. So just watched the Warriors game, got a little workout, and kind of put the show together yesterday. Once the draft ended, got a pretty good feel for the for the things I want to hit on. I'll kind of go through some things that stood out to me in the first round, like the things that really really jumped out to me. Uh, then just one thing, and I don't think we do this enough, just in sports and just in life in general. But just, and I'm as, as big of a culprit on this as anyone. Usually some of my takes, I think, skew negative. But this is something that was just such a positive and just so cool to watch. Uh, the phone call when it comes from the coach, the organizations, it is really a pretty pure, cool moment that we don't get that much in sports anymore. And then I, I made a comment on Twitter about after, once the draft starts on Saturday, that's the 4th through 7th rounds, my hot take of opinions end. Uh, and, and I'll tell you really why. And people think, you know, you worked in the NFL, that's when the scouts make their money. Well, I got news for you. I always viewed myself more as a media guy that happened to work in the NFL. The 4th through 7th round doesn't do that much for me. The, the, I, I care about the first three rounds, when you're spending a lot of money and using a lot of draft capital on hitting on those players. I don't focus as much on the later rounds. I'm not saying the later rounds don't matter, but we'll dive into that a little later. But let's start with this. The big things that happened in the first round. I think the biggest overall story of the first round was Dave Gettleman. And yesterday in Dave Gettleman's post-draft press conference, he was asked again, could you have taken Daniel Jones at 17? And he was adamant that two teams he knew for a fact would have taken him before Daniel Jones got to 17. So he could have taken Josh Allen at 6. Though, I don't think Josh Allen's a great 4-3 fit. But, you know, I, I was talking to Daniel Jeremiah over the phone over the weekend. He brought up a good point. Like, what does that even mean anymore? Teams are so multiple. Uh, okay, I'll hear that. Still, I think he's a better fit for a 3-4. That's why I don't love him in Jacksonville. But that's not what we're talking about here. Just simply, could you have got Daniel Jones at pick 17? And full disclosure... I texted a couple buddies that do the South, basically the SEC and Duke is in that in that area. They both like Daniel Jones. Not six overall, but I think they liked him a lot more than me and you, because I, I think he stinks. Now, in fairness, I haven't really evaluated, like, broke down every game. 
but I have watched a couple games in the Senior Bowl, and I thought he stunk. Well, I had someone that works covers the New York Giants tweet me. He knew for a fact that it was inaccurate because the two teams that leaked that would have taken him were the Denver Broncos. Elway's buddy Mike Kliss claimed that Drew Locke was the number one quarterback on their board, and they ended up getting him in the second round. And the other one was the Washington Redskins. Well, here's the problem with the Washington Redskins. The owner loved Dwayne Haskins. Name me the last time an owner lost out on an argument in any walk of life. I got news for you. They don't. Now, the wild card would be the Bengals. And uh, Zach Taylor, the coach for the Bengals, they have an average arm quarterback. Taylor comes from Jared Goff, who doesn't have a great arm. Maybe he liked him. I, I don't know. But I would lean a pretty good shot that Daniel Jones would have been there at 17. And this is what I get back to. Gettleman has a meathead feel to him. The draft is not just about picking good players. It's about picking good players at the right value. The draft is a human stock exchange. Uh, The analogy I use all the time, you would not pay a million dollars for a $750,000 house. In a perfect world, you'd like to pay six hundred grand for a $750,000 house. He... But, you know, he basically paid $2 million, some might argue, for a $500,000 house. Now, if he would have got him at 17 instead of 6, he's still getting the same player. He is just spending infinitely less. And in football, you cannot talk about the NFL or football or the draft in the first round and not factor in economics. It plays a big role. You are the first round contracts are no longer as massive as they were, you know, Matt Stafford and Nanamik and Sue. Remember how much money they were getting. The difference though is now they're lower, but they're still fully guaranteed. So when you sign that contract, the first four years of your contract are fully guaranteed. Daniel Jones' first four years of his contract are fully guaranteed. And then obviously the fifth year option. But those first four years, every penny guaranteed. So you better get it right. And here's the thing with the Cardinals. I don't really exactly know how they would have played it. Uh, I think there was pressure from the NFL to not let the story out. Because, listen, I, I say this all the time about politics. And, and, you know, what I do now, this is all entertainment. <laughs> the number one thing, like my goal, I, I, it's not necessarily my goal because I'm just talking and trying to have, like, unique topics. But if if people don't listen to this podcast, you're like, let's say I average 50 listeners, you know, a podcast. Colin, Ca- Colin Coward would fire me, would be like, we're no longer partners in this venture. You're done. So part of this whole deal is to draw eyeballs. And as you saw on Friday, and even, or I mean Thursday, and even Friday, it's a big deal for the league. It creates a lot of interest. Millions upon millions of people watch. Hundreds of thousand people attend. It's a big night for the NFL. So I get them saying, don't leak it out. But it, it feels like they did not handle the Rosen thing very well. I, I think Steve Keim has had one of the worst years as a general manager in NFL history. When you factor in a DUI, when you factor in a one-and-done coach, when you factor in that his team ended up with the number one overall draft pick, it was an in full-on embarrassment of a season. And I like Kyler Murray as a player. And I know the comparisons that he often gets are Mar- Michael Vick. Michael Vick was not an accurate passer. Now, Michael was bigger and arguably maybe a little more electric of an arm, but Kyler is way more accurate, and I will take a less electric arm, and Kyler's got a good arm, uh, but an accurate arm, so he's that. Now, he's much. Michael was six foot tall, Kyler's barely over 5'9", so he's smaller. But to think that, and I think, and I am guilty of this too, we're just plugging Kyler in as some plug-and-play, not a starter, because he's going to be the starter, but a plug-and-play star. And I, I just... In the back of my mind, I envision like Aaron Donald or DeForest Buckner or one of these guys, Seattle. You can't name many guys on their defense, but I'll tell you one thing. And I watched the NFC very, very closely, the NFC West. Seattle, their culture from the, the famous defense they had with LOB to what the, the, all the young guys they have now, the Griffin twins, Frank Clark's gone, but they still got you know Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright, and just a lot of the young guys they've developed, they will break you in half. Their ethos as a team is physicality. They are looking. Now, this is PC people are like, this football, it's too violent. They are looking to inflict pain on you. That's the way they play. It's the thing I respect most of Pete Carroll. You can say whatever you want. He's goofy, he tweets, whatever. Super skinny, chews gum. 
That guy coaches physical football. So Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, who's never had any success in the NFL, like, it's about to get real. You got Aaron Donald. You got the 49ers defensive line that's now dramatically better with D. Ford and Nick Bosa. This kid better be ready to roll, you know, and he better make sure that he's avoiding hits because I think that organization is just an absolute shambles. And they drafted a lot of offensive players, but I just, I don't think we can just assume Cliff Kingsbury can coach. I think Mike Mayock played it very, very safe. And I think at the end of the day, this is a double-edged sword for him. On the one end, they got a lot of high-level players. And when I say high-level, I don't mean super elite talents because they did not take the best player available at really any point when they drafted. Cleveland Farrell was not the best player available on the board. Josh Jacobs was not the best player available on the board. Jonathan Abram, I think you could make the argument he might have been, but that's probably still up for debate. But ultimately, the point is with that group, all those guys, team captain, high-level guys, winners from high-level programs playing the best of the best. And I got to give him credit for this. When I talked to Daniel Jeremiah, the analogy he used, and it's perfect, is Mike Mayock and John Gruden did not pull out the driver. Now, I got no problem with that, just trying to hit some doubles, and that's fine. But here's the problem for two of those players. The reason you got Josh Jacobs and the reason you got Jonathan Abram were because you traded Khalil Mack, arguably the best defensive player in the league, and you traded Amari Cooper, who's got his flaws, but no one disputes when Amari's on, he's a Pro Bowl-level player. And the other guy you drafted, which was an overdraft, but I watched the press conference, Cleland Farrell is a high-level guy. He's a team captain, as Dabo said. He was the leader of our team once Deshaun left. Like, that was their guy, so I respect it. But the pressure that comes with being the number four overall pick is immense. So th- these guys, they better be doubles because you can't afford to miss on the on these picks. But I respect what he did. They, they valued character. Now these guys just need to play. And here's the thing. Like, th- th- this team can't go 5-11. and 11. They're moving next year to the uh, entertainment capital of the world. They got this expensive stadium that they didn't pay a penny for. They better start winning. A lot of pressure now on Derek and the head coach. Howie Roseman. Prove why he's the, the smartest motherfucker in the room. The Houston Texans, everyone knew they needed an offensive lineman. And here's the thing about teams. They, they just can't help but let people know who they like. The, the, the average to below average ones. Or just the ones that are kind of media whores. Roseman preys on that. Because Howie's not into the meathead thinking. He's not, he doesn't operate like Mike Mayock. He's not trying to hit doubles. He's trying to outthink you and he's trying to get the exact player that he wants. They jumped the Houston Texans. And they got Andre Diller, who was the number one tackle on their board. The kid from Washington State. The Houston Texans. You can't play it safe in life. Just like you can't play it safe in the draft. You want this guy, and the moment he starts falling, you can't just think it's okay for him to fall to you. You have to get aggressive and go get him. They got jumped. The player they wanted got taken. Howie wins again. Bill Belichick. You know, all of us that... You know, whether it's investing, any sort of business, you know, once you start getting involved in business, whatever business it is, usually, you know, you look to have a mentor or someone you look up to in business so they can give you some advice because, you know, it gets intimidating. The older you get, the more money you get, the, the higher your purchase gets, whether you're buying a rental home, whatever you're doing, whether you're working for a business, the, the revenue grows, you need people to, you know, look out for you. The, num- the number one thing that I've always been told, whether it's by mentors of mine or whether it's, hell, you just listen to Tony Robbins or a- anyone in business, they tell you you have to be patient. When you get over-aggressive for purchases and things that you think you need to have, you get burned. And Belichick consistently. Now, people will be like, well, you just said Houston to be aggressive. Well, they had a specific need. Their offensive line was horrendous, was awful, and they were taking an offensive lineman. So the guy they wanted, they should have jumped up and got there. Belichick could have taken like three different players. But he sat there and waited. He let all these other people fight for scraps and fight for players. Nikhil Harry, who I've been saying over and over and over, is one of my favorite players in the draft. Arguably my favorite player in the draft. I don't think he's the best player in the draft, but he was my favorite player. And typically my favorite player is going to be on the West Coast. I'm biased. Yes, I like the West Coast. But I love Nikhil Harry. And he fell right into Belichick's lap. Belichick just waited. Boom. And then the way the rest of the draft went, he's got Chase Winovich. I mean, it's almost too easy for him. But he's always so patient, 
and he always benefits from being patient. Now, once you get to his level, he's at like, you know, if, the, if we're using the business equivalent, like Warren Buffett can be patient, right? Uh, if I don't have any money and I got to pay my mortgage in a month, I better be aggressive to go make some money or else I'm screwed. Or Belichick, you know, he's got some house money. He, he can be patient, but he consistently is. And it always works to his benefit. I give the Steelers a lot of credit because I would say like Belichick, their ethos and who they are at their core is to be patient too. But they're at a point now where they're kind of in a transitional period. They traded Antonio Brown because that went sour. The Le'Veon Bell thing was a debacle. The biggest issue they've had, especially on defense, has been since, and knock on wood, because it looks like this guy is going to make, I don't know, a full recovery, but he's walking and he's okay. Because the night Ryan Chazier lay on, I think they were playing in Cincinnati. It was that Cincinnati game. It looked like he was never going to walk again. Now, it's just the most powerful thing in life is, is, is belief, is hope. And just to will this guy, it, to me, he's willing himself to walk. It's just a, it's a miracle. It's awesome. I, I love Ryan Shazier. But he's not going to play football anymore. And since he left, their middle linebacker has been a disaster. So they got aggressive. They went up and get Devin Bush. Which is kind of interesting because the team they traded with has who I would consider the best linebacker coach in the league as their head coach in Vic Fangio. And I didn't see the quote. I kind of saw a headline that Fangio did not believe that Roquan Smith or that Devin Bush or Devin White were as good as Roquan Smith. And, I okay, I'll agree with that because I think Roquan's better. I actually think there's a chance that Devin Bush is a better player than Devin White. So even if he's not Roquan Smith, and I think Roquan Smith's going to be a five, six-time Pro Bowler, I think Devin Bush is going to be a stud. And Devin Bush should make Pro Bowlers. He's a plug-and-play starter. That is a high-level trade by the Steelers who kind of went outside the way they typically operate, and sometimes you have to, because you you can't be stubborn enough to refuse to get out of your lane. Sometimes you have to think for them outside the box, and that's trade up, that's be aggressive in a transitional period, and get a a need that you, you are desperate for. I got no problem filling a need when it's with a top player. My issue with filling needs are, when you're filling a need with Cleveland Farrell, well, is that Oliver a better pass rusher? Could you have filled the need with Devin White, who's a better prospect, and put him at linebacker? That would be my issue with Mike Mayock. I like all the players he drafted. Could you have got Josh Jacobs at pick 35 instead of 24? Because the moment Howie Roseman jumps the Houston Texans and get his offensive lineman, you start thinking to yourself, who behind me is going to draft the running back? And it's always a risk. I'll be the first to say that. Everything in life is a risk. But every draft, trade, or non-trade is a risk. But it was pretty clear that you probably could have got Josh Jacobs there. Now, I, I like, and that's why, you know, I, I think the thing was, Devin Bush was never going to be there for the Steelers at 10. So that, or excuse me, at 20. So they knew the value. They had to go up and get him, and they did. And now they have him. So th- those are some of my main takeaways uh, from the first round. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. And I am just as guilty of this as anybody. Is when you talk about sports and you work in the sports business, you get kind of cynical and I've actually worked in the NFL, seen the inside workings. I, I, I'm just pretty jaded when I talk about it. And, and I usually lean negative whenever teams say anything. I just call bullshit. Because usually you're just being lied to. And, you know, once you get to the NFL, it's why I, I, I love Zion Williamson. He's always smiling. He's always having a good time. Social media desperately wanted him to quit. To show the NCAA how much they were screwing him. And you know what he said? I'm enjoying myself. I love playing with my teammates. And it was pretty pure. Now, is he getting paid under the table? Probably. Do I care? No. But I, there, there was a pure element to Zion Williamson. When Tiger Woods on Sunday won the Masters, it wasn't about politics. It wasn't about race. And so many people in sports media need those angles to be able to talk about things. Because they, they don't know the difference between a first down, a touchdown, a three-pointer, a foul, a home run. A lot of guys in the sports media don't know that much about sports because there's so much money in it now. You get a lot of people that are trying to be famous, and it's just it turns me off. Like The reason I got into it was just actually about the games. Now, I've changed a little bit as I've gotten older because ratings and listeners do matter, and I, and I understand that. But for the most part, I, I, I like talking about the sports. Now, I try to make be intelligent when I'm talking about it, but th- th- not many things happen anymore that just feel, you know what, that is really, really cool. And I think we saw that last week, with Ti- or a couple weeks ago with Tiger Woods on Sunday. It was just sports. It was just, he was trying to win the Masters, and then he won the Masters, and then he was hugging his kids. It was just really, really cool. Well, the one thing to me that is consistently cool, and I, I can't even imagine being a parent, being a brother, being a girlfriend, and I saw Ryan Rosillo had a great tweet, like, how many ex-girlfriends are in these videos uh, from years past? It's got to be over 50%. Yeah, it's got to be really high. But the and, and the, I thought the Raiders, I'll give them a lot of credit, did a fantastic job. Now, they have two media personalities as their head coach and their GM, so they're just good talkers. But it just how happy they are. Dude's crying on the other end. I thought Cleland Farrell was crying. DK Metcalf with Seattle was really good. He just started crying. It's a powerful moment. And I've worked in college football, 
And one thing I think that's lost on the media, who you know are just kind of clueless when they talk a lot about this, one thing, college football players are treated very well, especially at the Power 5 conferences. And I got, I got news for you. At a lot of the big schools, they're paying them under the table. These guys aren't struggling to eat. So I, I, should they be able to make money off their likeness? I, sure. I, I got no problem with that. But let's not act like they're going hungry because they're be, they've been being paid under the table since they were in high school. But there is a purity to the phone call and just a young man reaching his dreams. And I, I know the NFL takes a lot of shit. Uh, you know, it's just part of the deal. It's what happens when you're the big dog on campus. But there, there isn't a sport in America that makes this many people instant millionaires. Not because not just the first round, the second rounders are millionaires, the third rounders are millionaires, and the fourth through seventh rounders, if they can make the team, they'll immediately make, immediately make over half a million dollars as a league minimum. And the undrafted free agents, unlike in basketball, it's unheard of. In, in baseball, it's just such a crapshoot. But in the NFL, consistently, every team in the NFL probably averages one and a half to two undrafted free agents that will make their team out of training camp. It kind of, honestly, the NFL kind of represents America. It's not about what school you're from. It's not about where you started, how big of a recruit you are. It's not even about where you were drafted. The cream always rises. It's the ultimate meritocracy. Talent trumps all. Now, sometimes that can be bad, and we'll talk about Tyreek Hill in a little bit, but race doesn't matter, and I've worked in the NFL, and I always thought this when the Kaepernick thing kind of took on a life of its own. I never, once, and I worked in college football, and then I worked in the NFL scouting department for six straight years. Never heard race come up one time. Now, obviously in the media, it's talked about all the time, and you know, politically, whatever. It's just Maybe it's just social media, but it's not like that in the NFL. You know, if you can play, people like you, regardless what color you are, regardless where you're from. All these, some of the majority of these guys grew up not, with not much. Some of these guys grew up with a lot, and they all kind of come together. And the one thing in a locker room that I have always witnessed, people will get along if you can play and you're just a good person. And I, I think these phone calls to these players is really one of the one of the few pure moments of just pure joy. Of just making it. Of dude from high school to college. Their parents around them that supported them. Their friends around them that knew them when they had nothing. To finally make it. To get drafted in the NFL. Like the percentage of college football players that get drafted in the NFL. I think it's like 2%. It is a tiny, tiny number. The fraternity you're in. Whether you ever play it down in the actual NFL or not. To have your name be drafted by a team. And I, obviously the first, second rounders were great players, but I'm even talking about the sixth, seventh round. Some of these guys from schools that you've never heard of. It's just such an incredible accomplishment that it's really cool to watch. And I don't think we have enough moments like that, not just in sports, but in life anymore. Everything is just so negative. That, and trust me, I'm kind of a negative person too, that it's really cool to watch. Okay, the big story where I, where I live, when I say big story, arguments on Twitter the 49ers drafted a punter in the fourth round. And, you know, obviously I cover and talk about the 49ers a lot. People freaked. My, I had a pretty simple take. I don't care what you do in the fourth round. I, I, I don't view fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks anywhere to the degree of first round is in a world by itself. And same, I'd say even the second round, because again... This is, if you want to sit at the big boy table for this conversation, money matters. And when I worked in the NFL, I drove a lot of fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks to the airport during training camp when we cut them. There is zero financial obligation to keep them on the team if they're not giving up. Now, I'm not arguing that you can't find really good players in the middle rounds. But at the time of the draft, I got no clue. I know, stats show, we all know, anyone with the brain, especially like after the fourth round, it's a crapshoot. And we see every year, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounders consistently get beat out by undrafted free agents. So, my sa- you can do whatever you want on Saturday. Literally do whatever you want. And I don't think it's a bad pick. Now, that doesn't mean it won't become a bad pick when that guy can't play, but I don't view the two things the same. And you can give me, oh, Richard Sherman went in the fifth, Brady went in the sixth. Yeah, we can give examples, but I could give you way more examples of guys you've never heard of that are selling insurance by the time they're 25 or playing for the uh, 
the Orlando Apollos or the Memphis Huatas in the Charlie Ebersol Fire Festival uh, XFL League, whatever he called it. So when you take a punter in the fourth round, I don't care. I, my v- quote-unquote value stops after the third round. I don't view any value of picks. Now, if you take a punter, if you draft a punter, he better be the starting punter. He has to be the starting punter. And he has to be a good starting punter. Because when you draft a guy, he's going to be your punter. But he better be a good player. Now, if you had drafted the punter in the third round, then John Middlecoff, yeah, I just went third person, has a problem with it. Because I go, you know, that's not great business. Because consistently, and in the NFC West, for example, two of the best punters, Johnny Hecker, who is the Rams punter, was an undrafted free agent, and I forget his name, but the Seattle punter, who was a fifth-round pick last year from Texas, I think Dickinson or something, he's, a, he's Australian, is one of the best punters in the league. So if you draft a guy, you better hit on it. But the reason that the Bucks got so much shit a couple years ago, because they used a second-round pick on Roberto Aguayo, and then the guy was terrible. That's a disaster. It's a disaster when a player's bad at second round. It's an extra disaster when a kicker or a punter is bad. But people freak because I'm like, you know what? I, I don't really care who you draft in the fourth through seventh round. Middlecoff, you're a scout. You should be. You, that's when the scouts make their money. You know what my, my personal take when I worked in the NFL was? We spend way too much time talking about fifth and sixth rounders. You better know the first and second rounders like the back of your hand. You better understand the rankings and the values of those guys to no end because those are the guys that make or break your team. Those are the guys that consistently become pro bowlers and all pros. Those are the guys you pay the most money. You better get that right. I would spend, if I ran a team, 60 to 70% of my time on the higher end guys, first, second, and third rounds. Then on the other rounds. Now, I'm with you. The scouts spend some time. They can bang the table for those guys. That's where you lean on them. But I don't lose that much sleep if you, some guard you draft in the fifth round is not that good. Because I'll just cut him. Now, you can say it's wasted draft capital. Sure. But if I find an undrafted free agent that's better with that guy, who cares? I mean, seriously. Who cares? But if I miss on my second round pick... And then the the following second round pick is Juju Smith, and I took a receiver. We got a problem. We got a problem. If I took a linebacker and the next second round pick is Bobby Wagner, we got issues. But if that's the same thing in the sixth or seventh round, I'm not as mad. But I'm pissed off if that's in the high rounds. Twofold. One, I'm depending on those guys, and two, I'm paying them a lot of money. It matters. It, it really does. Look at why the Dallas Cowboys got pretty good overnight. You know, not overnight, but during the latter Tony Romo years in the Dak Prescott. They hit on a bunch of first, second round picks. All those guys became impact players. That's where you get the majority of your impact players. Now, you could give me the stats that 60% of the league is later round picks. Yeah, and those are average replaceable starters. Those are replaceable players. Now, they're starting, they're playing, but the core of Belichick's team, and Brady's an outlier. Gronkowski is a second round pick. McCordy was a high round pick. Hightower was a higher round pick. Edelman's, you know, an outlier. Yeah, they got a great player in the seventh round, right? He, he's an outlier. Gilmore, who they signed for $40 million, was a first round pick. The, the majority of their core good players, Sony Michelle last year crushed it in the, uh, in the postseason. First round pick. And, and they got Belichick. I even say Belichick's kind of an outlier. That team's an outlier. Most of the time, your best players are higher round draft picks. You're impact guys. So, yeah, if you take a fifth round pick, I, I don't view it like, middle cough. I got a lot of this. Why aren't you giving the 49ers shit they took a punter? Well, if the punter sucks, I'll destroy him. But as of right now, I don't care. Like, take a punter in the fourth round. He just better be good. But I, I don't really have an opinion. My, my takes and opinions on value and stuff end when Saturday morning of the draft starts. That will never change. And that's because all my opinions on value and takes on players early in drafts are all financial based. That's what the that's what we talk about at the big boy NFL table. How does the economics? This this is not you know pee wee football in Sacramento, California. This is the National Football League where you have a salary cap and you pay players millions of dollars, and you allocate certain numbers to certain players. 
And when you draft a guy in the first round, especially high in the first round, you allocate a lot of money to them. So the financial implications matter. Now, if you're paying certain guys a lot of money, you have to hit on third, fourth rounders for sure. I'm not denying that. But I I worry most about your first round pick. You get your first round picks right. If you hit on your first round picks, for the most part, your team's going to be okay. Okay, let's get into uh, Tyreek Hill, who I I think uh, was the big news of this weekend uh, off the field. Your story broke right before the draft, actually. The tape came out. I haven't even heard it yet. Just seen the highlights of him talking to his ex-girlfriend or his wife, or I, I don't even know who, about how he beat his child. The, the, the quotes I heard are, you know, disgusting, disturbing. Again, we all agree on this shit. I, I always struggle with, there is not a human in my life that can read the quotes from coming from Tyreek Hill's fiance, girlfriend, whatever, about his son and not be deeply disturbed. Literally not a human. But everyone's crushing the Chiefs, everyone's crushing the NFL, and they suspended him indefinitely. First off, the number one thing that should happen here is society and the laws in Kansas City should arrest him or find a way to get him in trouble. Like, this is not, the NFL is not the law. So it starts there. Now you can have the Florios of the world pearl clutching and claim that they'll quit their job if Tyreek Hill is allowed to play again. It's a bold-faced lie. They like their money too much. But it's cool to tweet that, you know, and get on your moral high horse and act like you're better than everyone else. I get it. And I, I think the Chiefs, you know, could they have cut him immediately? 100%. Do I understand where in a perfect world they want this to play out that he's innocent? Because at the end of the day, non-quarterback, you know, he might be the best non-quarterback offensive player in the NFL. Easily the most dynamic and probably the most unstoppable. Now, if any of that stuff is true, and it seems like he was in the video, it feels like it's true, I don't see how he ever plays in the NFL again. Now, I when you're that good, it's hard to ever say never. And I, I'm never comfortable saying never. I also... I'm not a father yet, but I, I can't even imagine. I think a parents probably look at this. You know, this guy was broke the kid's arm. He had him, like, spread his arm so he could punch him in the chest. I, I mean, just disturbing, disturbing stuff. If this stuff is true, Tyreek Hill's as big of a piece of shit as we have in America. And I, I don't know where you live. We got a lot of them. So we, we have an abundance of them. He's right up there. He should not play in the NFL again. But first and foremost, before the, the Florios of the world start freaking out about Clark Hunt and the Chiefs, and they've suspended him indefinitely, it is on society and the judicial system, which I don't know that much about, but I know enough that that's a legit crime and this guy should go to jail. And if the girl had anything to do with it, she should go to jail too. Like, they are a threat to society if that's what they're doing with the kid. I, again, I, I don't know who doesn't have that opinion. Now, the Chiefs, you have to understand this. When you are, that's their employee, and he is, beside Mahomes, their most talented employee. So in a perfect world, I get why they're keeping their fingers crossed. This is all made up. And really, it's an easy thing to do because it's the offseason. You just suspend them indefinitely. But I think it's fair to say, because they've already done it with Kareem Hunt, the video came out, they kicked him off the team, that if this stuff is true, and first and foremost, society and the law should do something about it, They'll get rid of him. And then it'll be like, would anyone else ever sign this guy again? I think we'd all look at John Dorsey and go, he might. I I wouldn't put it past him. But I think that our first reaction, and maybe it's just social media and Twitter and the Florida's of the world, is we love pointing the finger like, the NFL, they just believe in domestic violence and beating children. No, they don't. But that's not their job. Their job is to not play moral compass of society. Their job is to figure out a way to win football games. So I understand it. And I, and I see so many people in the media constantly say, this is not okay. And is it not okay? Yeah, I, I would agree. But it doesn't, people still watch. And at the end of the day, like every Kansas City Chiefs fan with half a brain would admit if this stuff's true, he's one of the biggest scumbags on earth. Like, there's not, we're not arguing over that. I just hope 
that the the people in Kansas City, the law, can get to the bottom of this and arrest someone. If someone's beating the shit out of this kid, that's not okay. But that's I, I got news for you. I, I'm not trying to be like some Andy Reid or Brett Veach defender here. But it's not like their job to really dive into all the details. Like Just like Luke Walton right now, right up the street from me, is being accused of pinning this girl down, trying to kiss her, sexual assault. Like, I'll even defend the NBA here, who gets a pass on everything. But it's not necessarily their job to figure out whether he did it or not. That's the police's job. Like, that is the police's role in this world. Now, if it's clear that he did it, and the Chiefs keep him on the team, then yeah, I'll say, you know, it's pretty messed up. Clearly, they don't care. Then no longer can they get on their moral high horse. But I think right now, they had their information. I've known Brett Veach for 10 years. He said, we found out, we heard the audio when you heard the audio. I think we often think that all these teams have all this secret information. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Like, sometimes the journalists, local journalists and whoever, are just good at getting the information. They're able to find it before anyone else does. And that's what it kind of feels like happened. Now, if he's guilty of this, he shouldn't just be cut from the team. He should go to jail. He should go to jail. So we should stop wasting time like Chiefs right or wrong. This guy should be in jail. It should be that simple. And I think it's a big blow for the Chiefs from a football standpoint. Is This guy's the most dynamic player in the league. And there's no way Pat Mahomes throwing 50 touchdowns with this guy gone. They drafted, uh, I, I, I brought the name up here. His name is McCole Hardman. Yeah, the Chiefs drafted him in the second round, picked the 24th pick of the second round. He ran a 4-3. And the way Lance Zerline, who does all these write-ups for NFL.com, he, Hardman could develop into a lesser version of Tyree Kill. And this was before the draft. So the Chiefs are kind of even acknowledging, this guy's probably gone. Zerline's comparison in here was Tyler Lockett. So that it's pretty clear that Tyree Kill's days more than likely are numbered. And again, back to what I've said a million times so far, if he's guilty... He shouldn't just be out of the NFL. He should be in jail. And again, I think everyone listening will share that opinion. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. 
all proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, let's go a little Middlecoff mailbag. A little draft Middlecoff mailbag. I banged out so many of your questions the last couple weeks, uh, and I've answered a lot of you guys personally uh, since the draft started, so we just got a couple here. You can always the way I do this for you, you guys that are new. I go to Instagram. My DMs are wide open. I let you slide right into those DMs, and then I answer your questions. Okay, one question uh, to overlook the Giant Saga. I really feel they're building a team, a real team, now that they have a young quarterback and running back of the future. I think people are overlooking the process of team building. Yeah, they missed out on Sam Darnold. That's a pretty big miss. But they also, but he is also unproven in the league. What do you think? Go Chargers. So this isn't even a Giants fan. I get it in theory, but I, I just I'm not a believer in Daniel Jones, and I don't like overdrafting Daniel Jones. Think about this: How many players, when January first hits, so we have the entire college football season, and we know the quarterbacks that are coming out? Do we go? Yeah, that guy. Are we not talking about his first-round picks at quarterback? And I don't think anyone was talking about Daniel Jones as quarterback. In the NFL, on social media, I, I just, I don't know, man. Saquon Barkley is a stud. If you are going to pass on a quarterback for a running back, he better be Saquon Barkley. So they hit on him. But no one last year argued that Saquon Barkley wasn't sweet. Like, that wasn't our issue with taking Saquon. We get taking Saquon Barkley. It was taking a running back over a quarterback. So, and here's the other thing. Dave Gettleman said that he might sit three years. Now, if they're out of it, I would imagine this guy's going to play, you know, this year. But he's not beating out Eli Manning, even as terrible as Eli Manning is. I just, to me, just taking him at six and not taking You could have had Josh Allen and Daniel Jones. Or, you know, whoever. Ed Oliver. Instead, you have Daniel Jones and a 340-pound defensive tackle that can't rush the passer. I don't know, man. I, I hear you. I, in theory, yeah, building a team the right way. I don't love their coach. I don't like their GM. I, I think the Giants are screwed. Saints GM Mickey Loomis is highly regarded, but he has always trades up in the draft and has one good draft in the past five, plus bad free agent moves, Jarius Bird. What do you think of the Saints drafting strategy and Loomis overall? Love the pod. Thanks, man. Uh... I thought last year he just took a bold swing, and I think he might have missed because I thought that they thought they were a player away. Now, they're going to be very good this year, and sometimes it takes a guy a little bit of time to take a step. Marcus Davenport was unique in the sense that he was, what was he from, Texas El Paso, or I mean Texas San Antonio. He, he wasn't coming from Alabama or Oklahoma or USC. He was coming from a tiny school. So I'm going to give him one more year to judge him. But that was a big freaking move. 
Because that cost them a first-round pick. And they're a team that spends a lot of money, so that first-round pick's kind of big. To me, they they swung for the fences. Now, you could say they kind of got screwed this year by the call, which they did. But, like, to me, they had a two- or three-year window. Drew Brees still playing at a high level. Kind of had some signs last year of decline. But if they win it this year, it'll be it'll be worth it. But they got to win. Like they, they at least got to get to the Super Bowl. So if in two years... They went to the conference championship game and then a Super Bowl. I, I think it will be worth it. I think he does a good job. But I also think you can take some crazy swings when you have, you know, a top three or four head coach in the league and, you know, a top three or four quarterback in the league. And like you said, he did just come off a really good draft. Lattimore was a stud. Uh, the safety from from Utah that screwed up the game a couple years ago against Minnesota. Uh, what's his name? Mike Williams or something Williams. Stevie Williams, whatever his name, he's a good player. Obviously, the tackle they got at the end of the first round is a good player. They got a really good team. Uh, seem like you have a really good work ethic. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, some might say that. Any advice you'd give a young hustler trying to make it? You know, it just depends what you're doing. Just keep hustling. I mean, every day I'm shooting out emails. I, I get a lot more no's than I do yeses. You know, whether it's chasing business for my other podcast, whether it's asking girls out, whether it's, you know, trying to grow a business, whatever. You know, no's aren't the worst thing. You're going to get some no's. I get way more no's every day than I do yeses. So it's just, you be relentless. Whatever you want to do, I don't even know. You want to work in sports media, you want to work in Wall Street, whatever you want to do. Just every day, just, just bring it. Eventually, she'll like, yeah, I'll go on a date with you. Yeah, we'll sponsor your podcast. You know, you'll you'll eventually get yeses. You just got to keep asking, you know, and keep, you know, spread a wide net, you know, diversify. Again, you get a lot of no's in, in, in any walk of life. I get a lot of no's still to this day in business, in what I'm doing. It happens literally all the time. I, I'm turned down on and off the podcast. But that's okay. I got, I got thick skin. Before the draft, I was worried the Raiders would be the Gruden show. After watching Mayock at the presser, uh, at the presser, it seems like Mayock provided silence to the organizational chaos. Yeah, I think Mayock's just a really high-level guy. He knows what he's doing. He's a good drafter. He's smart. Uh, I-, I thought his draft was pretty basic. Like, they didn't take huge swings for the fences. They just tried to hit doubles. But I, I think he helps calm John Gruden down for sure. Uh, to me, he gives the the team a spokesman too. Reggie McKenzie refused to talk. In 2019, your GM has to be able to speak. You, you can't just hide from the media. This isn't just, I'm just going to watch tape. I don't want to talk to the media or agents. You got to be dynamic. This is this is an entertainment league. You know, I, I need your GM to be a speaker. And Mayock can speak. And he also can evaluate. So, I thought Mayock's press conference, if you like football... You know, you don't even need to like the Raiders. Just watch his press conference. It's just, it's entertaining because he speaks on guys. He goes in depth on guys. He's just good, man. He's just, he, he, he if Gruden gives him the latitude, he will be successful. Hey, John, love the pod. Me too. What are your thoughts on letting players suspected of domestic violence? Here, I think my, my food's here. One second, I'm going to pause the podcast. Well, turns out that wasn't my food. <laughs> It was the driver saying that they canceled my order. So what a disaster. I'm going to have to go get some food after this. But uh, get back to that question. What are your thoughts on letting players suspected of domestic violence continue to play while their court cases play out? If a team takes that risk by not immediately cutting the player in question, and they are then convicted in a state or federal court, the team would lose the roster spot for the remainder of the year. Wouldn't this make coaches and GMs second-guess keeping or signing a troubled player but pay off in situations like Reuben Foster? Would love to hear your thoughts on this. I kind of like, I think you're on to something here. I I do think this is tough, though, because you're asking these teams then to kind of play law. To, I, I don't know how what the right or wrong way to handle this is because I saw it with Reuben Foster. The 49ers cut him. Now, they cut him for being an idiot, not because they believed the girl, because the girl had a history of lying, and Reuben Foster was proven right. Where it does feel like Tyree Kill has a proven track record of the other way, right? Uh, of physically abusing people. Uh, I 
maybe you get convicted of domestic violence, you immediately get a five-year suspension or you're banned for life. Maybe just do that. You touch another woman or I, I don't know if domestic violence is that just, you know, a significant other, a girlfriend, a wife. You touch a woman or a child, you're suspended for life. Maybe you just make it black and white. That way, the teams don't need to worry about it. You just go, if this guy is convicted of domestic violence or child abuse, your career's over. To me, they get in too much like gray area. Like it, Anytime you ask a coach to stay in the gray area with a great player, they're always going to give that guy some room for error because they want that player. So I, I'm never... I always understand why the guy doesn't immediately get cut in, in that situation. Now, I also understand why fans get mad and people are disturbed by it because it's disturbing. Maybe the league in the next CBA, now I'd say this, do the players' union, would they be okay with that? Because it's easy to blame the league. Are the players' union going to sign off on that? You touch another woman, your career is over. I don't know. I would lean probably not. (laughs) So that's, you know, I, I think unions are a joke to begin with in any, you know, in any place, but I, I think the union in the NFL hurts players more than it benefits the players. But I don't know if the union would sign off on that. I'd be all for that. You get convicted of domestic violence, you're, you're banned from the NFL for life. You you uh, physically abuse a child and convicted of it, banned for life. Those two things, pretty black and white. I think the NFL would get a lot of credit on that. Now again, would the union sign off on it? I don't know. I, I, I doubt it, to be honest with you. I, I, I truly doubt it. Uh, because they don't, they they always lean on the side of players. They don't want players to not play. Let's just call it. They they want them to be able to generate money. They probably wouldn't like a zero tolerance policy. As crazy as that sounds, but I, I would lean they wouldn't. But it's a fascinating topic, and it's something the NFL needs to think about in this next CBA, just to avoid these problems. Uh, you're convicted in the NFL. You're you're banned for life. Because I, I I do think some of these situations, like Jeffrey Simmons. Saw the video during the draft. That happened in high school. Uh, I, I am a believer in second chances. You know what's weird about the sports media? They, they tend to just skew extreme liberals. They never want to give any of these people second chances. Like, And I guess I would skew a little. I, I'm middle of the road. But I, I'm more of a believer in second chances. Like, How can you be extreme liberal and not be open to second chances, yet you always want to let criminals out of jail? I, I'm always kind of confused by that. Kind of hypocritical. Uh, and maybe it's just, you know, I, most coaches and most GMs are believers in second chances. Now, as long as you're talented, but that's the nature of the business. Uh, I, I do think the league should look into it, though. That's that's interesting. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, be back again later in the week. We'll have to figure out a way to, you know, probably start doing some interviews now. Mix it up a little bit. Excited for this time of year. It's a great time of year. Three and Out Podcast. Tell all your friends about it. Subscribe, unsubscribe, then subscribe again, and, and just keep on listening. Enjoyed the draft, enjoyed talking about the draft, and see you a little later this week. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card. Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. 
Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 